10 million abortions in this country. Mm. Um, we had a witness in Parliament on, on Wednesday. Uh, so it's been going on well over 50 years in this country alone, let alone starting in Soviet Union in 1919 when abortion was first legalised there. Um, this is a you know this is a national crisis. It's a national tragedy, and the essential problem is that you know we've got over two hundred thousand abortions in this country alone. We've now got pills by post uh, since March twenty twenty. Uh, the government allowed posting the pills through the post rather than coming to the abortion centres. That's another challenge that we have, um, and we also have you know a government that has been overwhelmingly in favour of abortion. A media that is. The media, that every single major media um, broadcast and the mainstream media is in favour of abortion, saturating the, the airwaves with biased information. Um, we have young people who have been lied to about uh, what abortion is and the damage that it does teenage pregnancies at record levels um, and promiscuity you know, at record levels as well. So we have all those challenges and you know, one thing would be to put up your hands in the air and go, you know, this is hopeless, what could we possibly do? Um, but that hasn't been our response and what we've been doing the last 11 years in this country has been amazing it's been absolutely epic and our story is absolutely incredible you won't read about it in the papers um but it is grace filled stories one person at a time we've had really good leaders all around the uk and the bottom line is um if we turn to god in prayer and we pray and we fast we trust in him and help us to be channels of god's grace that when god can work in and through us then he can do incredible miracles. We've had pavement councillors in London and every single person they've spoken to, you know, it's as if like you know, God was speaking through them at that time. You know, women go for an abortion, the last person, last sign of hope, offering them a leaflet saying, you know, any tangible need you've got, whether it be financial, whether it be housing, counselling, um, whether it be just a you know, shoulder to cry on, any support, any tangible need that you have, we can support you. And even if one in a hundred, one in a thousand people reply to that and say, well, actually, maybe, yes, I do need that help. And not everybody's decided on going for an abortion when they're there. Um, seeing the pavement counsellors doing God's work on the front line. And this is the front line between the culture of life, the life and the culture of death. And you are the last sign of hope for anyone going for an abortion, the first sign of witness for anyone who's had an abortion as well. And just seeing how, how Rachel's Vineyard is like, you know, beginning to grow a lot more in this country. Um, it, that's really exciting. If you can be that go-between, just encouraging somebody to go on a post-abortion retreat for the very first time, the healing, the forgiveness, the hope, the grace that comes from those retreats. I've heard people who have been, you know, they've come with black clothing at the beginning of the retreat, so sort of dressed like goths. By the end of the retreat, they're like dressed completely white, and that's the spiritual transformation that they've experienced as a result of going on those weekend retreats. And you know, we saw how much that woman was hurting this evening, you know, the pain and the hurt that some women have from abortion, you know, if God can touch their hearts and they can find that hope, that love, knowing that they're forgiven and set free. Some of the best leaders we have, 30% of our leaders in America, are post-abortive women. And they're the best leaders because they know how important this issue is. They really care about it. They've been personally affected. Um, but this is how God works. You know, they can reach out to hundreds of people who've been in the same situation as they have been in and to have an alternative and help hundreds of post abortion women, men and women who've been affected by abortion. You know, this is God at work. And, you know, this is the essence of mission. You know, we've got the whole country here, 60 million people. Our country's never been as crazy as it has been just, just recently with, seems people are going completely mad during this crazy COVID time. And, you know, our mission is to evangelize the whole country. We're there to witness 
witness for others. We're there, you know, not for ourselves, not to be self-righteous and judgmental, as we're accused of. Um, but we're there to be a tangible sign of God's love, and that's to be evangelised to everyone. The people who most need to hear this message, uh, you know, often they don't <laughs> particularly like it, but they're the people we most need to reach rather than the choir. So, you know, how can we be a tangible sign of God's love? What can we do in our thoughts and words, you know, to communicate a pro-life message? Our book just came out, What to Say When, and that is, you know, how, apologetics, how to speak to people about a pro-life issue, you know, say your school teacher friend or your... Uh, you know, your cousin, your uncle at Christmas, how do you speak to other people with a convincing, powerful pro-life message to build a growing awareness of the humanity of unborn child? And there's so many graceful moments that we can have to share the, the gospel of life with others, to build a growing awareness of the humanity of the unborn child. You know, every single conversation we have is an opportunity for, you know, to, to wake up others, to, to empower them, to inspire them. And even as pro-lifers, there's so much that can be done in this country alone. There's several million post-abortive men and women in this country, men whose partners have had abortions, that, you know, a graceful conversation with them, they might be hiding that wound in their heart for 10, 20 years, uh, nobody ever come to speak to them. And, you know, so, uh, St Thomas Aquinas says the first reaction to truth is anger. You know, when people realise they've been lied to, or, you know, they, they just told me it was a blob of cells, you actually tell them that actually that was a baby, and the truth, and it's just the, the horror, the anger, they bury something deep within themselves, but actually that sort of, you know, comes out in the surface and often with dramatic anger as we saw this evening you know that's a apathy and indifference is often the worst response but when we see anger and you know truth we're there with truth and with love as john the cross says um where there is no love you know place love and you will draw love out and i can't think of any places more hopeless than you know abortion center in our country this is a place where there is no hope and there is no love but we come there with love and we come there with hope, with an alternative message, and to God be the glory, some of the amazing stories in this country. So Twickenham in West London, uh, Justina, who's a pavement counsellor, did she come up here and give a talk? Yeah. yeah. She, I mean, she probably saved 500 lives at staying outside Twickenham. Uh, the, it's a late-term abortion centre there. It used to be a nun's convent, uh, and it was bought by VPAS, a late-term abortion centre. You see women who are visibly heavily pregnant going there. <coughs> Um, and she stood out there five years, full time, with the leaflets, you know, getting pummeled like every day with all the, you know, with all the abuse. And yeah, unfortunately, there's a buffer zone there now. But we've, she had an incredible witness there, and she did really, really good work. Likewise, in Ealing, we in 2013 we had a vigil there. 23 babies saved from that one campaign, that one 40 days. That's a record from all the vigils we've ever had. 23 babies saved from Ealing during 2013. So. This was like honeymoon springtime, there's now a buffer zone there. And even now, the taxi drivers take the girls to the edge of the buffer zone, sometimes, if they're nice taxi drivers, uh, so they get the counselling 200 yards from the clinic. So, oh, wow. so we had a vigil 500 yards from the clinic um, two, one or two years ago. We had two babies saved from, from that vigil. So, and that was people going down the road, so we were at the end of the road 500 yards, there's another vigil 200 yards down the other end. Um, so to see babies saved from, from there, it's like, wow, this is God's providence and work. Like, you know, God doesn't need any buffer zones. He, he transcends time and space. And our prayers do work everywhere, but we need to be outside the, the abortion centres. And, uh, you know, what, what a powerful sign. I can't imagine a ministry that is this challenging. Uh, with, there's a transgender movement that is very vitriolic and, you know, a lot of mental health issues there as well. But, but you know, there's a lot of spiritual attack with, with pro-life as well. 
Um, but this is the most exciting part of the pro-life movement. There's the pastoral, the prophetic and the political. Um, this is the front lines and the grassroots is the place to be. And as I say, what does it mean to be on mission? You know, everything's up for grabs, basically. So, you know, it's like your campaign, the sky's the limit with what you can achieve. And just seeing what the leaders have done in this country alone, let alone other countries. I went to Croatia in September, went there in 2014, and that vigil now is just, you know, we start with one prayer vigil in Zagreb, and Croatia is very Catholic, young, enthusiastic young people, you know, there aren't any, there aren't any barriers to sort of um, the kind of challenges you get in this country so much. Now they've got 37 prayer vigils in 33 cities, five full-time people, five life centres around the country, you know, and that's all grown in six, seven years. So to go back this summer and just see what every single city's got a prayer vigil, and that's, that's what we want to see, you know, across the whole country. And what we're doing, we're building up the grassroots and, you know, you can't change the culture top down, especially on an issue like this. You know, you need to work one person, one person at a time. And, you know, pray and discern. The biggest thing, we had a teacher come to a prayer vigil. He prayed for an hour and said, look, God, what can, you, what can I do to help save lives in, in the local community? Prayed about it for an hour and, um, and he went back to his school and 500 people there gave him a pro-life message. So this was just one hour of prayer, the vigil, and goes back, you know, prayed about it, God answered his prayers, goes back to the school, and wow, you know, 500 school children who had never heard the pro-life message, you know, wow, powerful, convincing pro-life message. But, you know, how can we be channels of God's grace in our actions? And, you know, it doesn't matter how small the actions are of, do, do grab a seat if you need it all. <laughs> um, please do, do, do grab a seat. Um, it doesn't matter how small, you know, one act of pure love, St. Teresa of Lisieux said, you know, one act of pure love, you know, is enough to change the world. If you can just, you know, if you can imagine holding a baby, I'm not sure if you've, anyone's had this privilege, to be holding a baby that was scheduled to be aborted in the clinic, and I've, I've had this several times, um, knowing, you know, that child was seconds away from having an abortion, being a statistic, being aborted. Sorry. But to hold that, child, hold that baby in there, in your hands, knowing that you know that child was seconds away. We had one lady who went to Ealing. She gave a testimony with a two-year-old toddler at our event in the oratory in 2017, and she was holding the pill in her hand. Uh, and then the nurse misdiagnosed her blood results and said, "Oh, don't, don't, don't take it." And she walked out, and the nuns outside said, "We're praying for you." So literally, that baby was, you know, holding the, the, the abortion pill in her hand. She went, went ahead and took it, um, you know, obviously that baby wouldn't be with us mm. today. So some people are like seconds away. We had another person in America, she was in the stirrups, she was, didn't have her shoes on, she ran out of the abortion centre without her shoes on, you know, literally seconds away. There's another lady in Ealing and she was getting coerced into the abortion from her family and she ended up jumping out the window, jumping over several hedges, it's in the second 40 Days of Life book. Um, but so... We've got this. We've got this interesting kind of juxtaposition going on at the moment. So, we've we've got all the we've got all the craziness. You know, you've got all the the vitriol and the hatred and the, the sort of demonic sort of craziness that that's happening. And this is all the distraction and the deflection. Um, but the bigger picture is actually really inspiring and absolutely amazing. And you know, I've been doing this eleven years now. And yeah, America is just a different world to. UK, the pro-life movement there, there's 3,000 crisis pregnancy centres in the United States right now. So the, just the scale of the pro-life movement, half the country is pro-life. It's not quite the same in the UK, 
Um, but Roe versus Wade is going to be debated, you know, and if you saw, you thought that was a hissy fit this evening, just wait till Roe versus Wade goes, you know, we're going to have an Olympic record of uh, liberal hissy fits uh, response to that in, of, of all time. And you don't know what, what, how God can work in and through, in and through those, those that love him. And, and, you know, what's happened in America has been really inspiring. Over 50 of our vigils have now gone year round, um, so they're now 365 days instead of just 40 days. And we've had three in the UK, Belfast, and two, two in London. Um, and uh, we're now going to start a university training up for a lot of activists. So, you know, rather than just doing 40 days, it's like if you want to come for a week, for a month in Texas, have all the training there. Just train up everyone as much as possible, give them all the training that they need. And we're going to start a studio. And our office in America is a form of Planned Parenthood building. And I remember when that building was bought, and we went into. Um, we went into that building and you could feel in the building something was not right about the building. It was There were 6,000 abortions there, we've now got a memorial there, um, but uh, there was, there's a room where the abortions happened and there's a little, uh, sort of little hanger on the, on the ceiling and that's where they hung a mobile, which was this kind of like distraction for the women while they were having an abortion, just to take their mind off it, to distract them with something hanging on the ceiling that just, you know, like you get in a baby's cot, you get a sort of mobile thing to distract the baby. Um, just the abortion, this, this distracted uh, this distracted woman while they were having the abortion. So also they had a, it's kind of like a tabernacle thing, like a silver thing in the corner of the room. And this was where the, the babies were, aborted babies were taken next door to the products of Conception Lab, which is in the unplanned film, if you've seen that. So they would take, that was where they would take the, Aborted baby to the next door room uh, just to check that all the parts were there and that they hadn't had a, a, a botched abortion. So, um, but I could tangibly feel that there was something really wrong in this building. Just you could feel, you know, there were some scripture passages written on the walls. Um, but to know that place is now a place of hope, you know, it's like it used to be an abortion centre, but now you just think Abby Johnson's story has gone all around the world. You know, she's inspired. Uh, recently had an event in America. 50 abortion workers standing on the stage. They had a big ball for the for the former abortion workers, um, and 50 of them standing on the stage praying, acknowledging what they did was wrong, and it was a sign, a great sign of hope. And this is the spiritual transfer of ownership we want to see in our country. Uh, you know, we're living in a culture of death that's forgotten God, and we want to engage the culture. We want to evangelise. And so the juxtaposition is this: we've got all the craziness and all the shouting and all the strops and what have you on one side uh, but the other side of the story is one of great hope and the sense that we are growing Latin American vigils we've had have never been so you know we've had so many people get involved in Latin America we've got over 250 vigils now and they're just absolutely on fire uh, and this country feel you know there's a lot of apathy and indifference in this country that's one challenge and the other challenge is is persecution um, but we need to empower people, we need to inspire them. And there's 60 million people in this country. And if you see what's happened with the vigils we've had in, in the UK, Birmingham, the vigil there, not only did Mary Stokes close, there are five satellites, um, five satellites to Mary Stokes also closed at that time. They completely lost their contract with the NHS. So when that place closed, they just closed absolutely everything. Uh, this summer, I went to two abortion centre closure parties in a week. We had the Mary Stokes and Central London close, and then we had Brighton as well. So Brighton, B-Pass, that's one of the largest ones, the Wiston's Clinic in B-Pass, um, had a good lot of good pro-life activity there. 
Brighton's one of the most liberal cities in the country. Um, that one also closed, and that was, two, that was two in a week. So, you know, where Cinnabon's, Gracebound's all more, there's lots of good things happening. And just thinking, you know, how can we be channels of God's grace? How can we do his work in everything we think, do and say? You know, how can we galvanise pro-life efforts to be better than they ever have been before? You know, the world's your oyster. There's so many opportunities. And, you know, you look at a one-hour one hour circumference of this area, Warrington, there's, what, 10 million people that live within an hour's drive of here? So you've got, like, a you know, a, just under a fifth of the country that lives within an hour radius of here. And, and Manchester, there's four busy abortion centres in Manchester. So outside of London, that has over six busy abortion centres. Manchester's probably the second busiest uh, total number of abortions in, in the country with, with uh, New Pass and Mary Stokes and two other large centres as well. So... There's so much opportunity there and, you know, with good counselling, training and, you know, if all the pro-life movement starts working together, you know, we don't bicker among ourselves and we all say, you know, this is God's work and we all start working together, how can we empower others? I've been friends with Kevin Duffy. Uh, he used to work for Mary Stokes, senior executive. He's now become pro-life. Uh, he's on a journey, you know, but, you know, when he was working for Mary Stokes, he helped nearly... Uh, you know, probably a, a million abortions happened under when he was the leader and he went around Africa promoting abortion. And now it was telemedicine abortion made him feel a bit funny. Um, but now he's become pro-life. So he's been on a journey. But the amount of good that he can do for the pro-life movement, his knowledge, you know, he could be like a UK Abby Johnson. So, um, so it's been great journeying with him, you know, and it's like, you know, he's been on a retreat now and he's realised what, what he's done is, is wrong. But now he's got all the knowledge and we, we need to equip and empower everyone that we meet and that's what 40 days for life is you know and the, the the key essence of 40 days is you know this is prayer this is about god and the whole point you know if you forget only remember one thing this talk it's that it, you know this is about god it's not about us ending abortion on our own human terms trying to because that's impossible you know two hundred thousand abortions every year trying to end abortion in our own terms as possible, but with God, all things are possible. So with prayer, this is a different dimension. This is the supernatural life. It's with prayer, with God, we want to end abortion the way God wants abortion to end. And that's, you know, community outreach, taking a positive and upbeat message to the whole community. Well, how do we do that? We've got Unplanned, we've got a lot of books, you know, educate others, inspire them, empower them. There's hundreds of ways to do that. Um, the prayer vigil, this is the key, you know, component of 40 days, being there the whole time. You know, this is an ocean of prayer. And when you bring prayer up against the abortion centre, Abby Johnson said, in a Planned Parenthood conference, the no-show rate at the abortion centre is up to up to 75%. And the people praying outside, you'd never think that. So when the people praying outside, there is chaos inside the abortion centre. Mm -hmm. You know, you wouldn't think you're just there sort of humbly praying. It's like, okay, well, it's working, is anything happening? Are we doing any good? You wouldn't believe that the impact and the power. Um, we have seen attacks from, from so many different angles in this country, and this is the one thing they really hate is the prayer vigils because they work and because it is a powerful it's a powerful presence there. And you know, um, it, this this is why the you know, the back off buffer zone campaign has lasted six seven years now, and they've done everything they possibly have to, tried to to get rid of our vigils altogether but you know after the crucifixion comes the resurrection and this is a hard truth you know how can we bring the whole of society to realize oh yeah whoops you know there was 10 million abortions you know we didn't notice we, we hid it in the media um this is a hard truth to swallow how do we get an entire country to 
you know, turn from their wicked ways and pray and seek God's face and repent. That's a hard thing to do. But, you know, it happens one person at a time and there are a lot of hope-filled stories and our, our ministry now now going to have 20 we now have 20,000 babies saved which which is 15 years you know and that's that's a really conservative figure because the real figure you know nine times out of ten you just don't hear the stories somebody changes their mind never tells you so these are the people that come back and said thank you and just like you know one in ten people come back and say thank you and you know you saved my baby and you know to meet that baby and if you can imagine just holding that baby that, that in your arms, that you know, through God's grace, through the courage of the mum, through your witness, you've helped save. It's just it's the most incredible emotional experience, and to know, yeah, to know that those those babies, uh, you know, their life has been saved. The mothers have avoided a lifetime of regrets, and yeah, that's going to impact that family for for generations to come. This is what's really at stake. So. I've been super inspired up by um, Baker Lady today, so uh, it's easy to get complacent when you do this full time. Um, but is, this is a spiritual battle, and you know, I think this sense of mission—it's like we are on a mission here, and this is God's work. And with God, all things are possible. We've seen great victories, and there's a lot. Of, this is inspiring work. You know, I can't imagine having a normal job after after doing this, and been to a lot of countries around the world, and. You know, things are, things are on fire. We want we want this country to be on fire, and we want this to be the number one issue. And we want to equip the pro life movement to do unthinkable things. You imagine that B pass closing when the B pass closed in London. We had a prayer vigil inside the abortion centre. You know, and that, when we started, we thought, okay, that's never going to happen. But you know, just be open to God's God's grace, as God's will. And we we might have to face persecution. You know, there's a policing bill coming up. That would give the power, the police, the power to criminalise protests, which, you know, and the threshold of it causing unease, causing unease to another person, police can come along and, and tell you you're banned. So, you know, we're going to hit hard times in this country, and we have done the last two years already, um, but we've got to be creative, and, you know, there's spiritual battles in different ways. When the vigil got banned in Ealing, we had two vigils right at the end of the raid. We had people praying online, we had priests coming along every day. You've just got to be creative and use all the methods you have. I just think, you know, how can we use the spiritual powers that, that God had given us? We've got our prayers, um, we've got fasting, uh, we've had priests come along and say daily prayers. Um, being creative, you know, how can we build a growing awareness of the humanity of the unborn child? How can we do that with a sense of love? How can we engage with the public? How can we show them the truth? Unplanned was a huge moment in our ministry. We've now got two former abortionists on our staff who work full time for 40 days. So. How many other abortion staff are going to feel uncomfortable in this country about about telemedicine? You know, the statistic was at what one in eighteen women who had uh, you know telemedicine abortions pill type host ending up you know hospitalised in, in some way. I mean, that's crazy, crazy statistics. So often you don't think uh, you don't think of sometimes the statistics can be um, crazy for the pro life movement of of the impact that we are having, just the scale, the scale of abortion, more more abortions, and more people have died through abortion than all the human wars in history combined. You know, this is the level of the issue that it is. But um, I just want to thank, thank Deanie for being an incredible leader. Thank you for stepping up and for, for stepping forwards. You know, there, there we've had 12 vigils around the UK. Um, there are 134 registered abortion centres, including GP surgeries and hospitals in the UK. Uh, we just want to be outside every single place, you know, and we just keep growing, keep building. What you're doing here is making a massive difference. And I believe if you keep going, you keep persevering, perseverance in prayer is huge. You keep persevering, 
uh, that place will close. And if you believe uh, one step at a time, one person at a time, um, through all the apathy and difference, through all the persecution, if you go through all of that, you will see incredible grace-filled results. So thank you so much indeed for, for listening. I could, go, I could go on a long time. I could go on a long time. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it, it's the moment, uh, the moment is when, the moment when you think everything is lost, and that's the moment of breakthrough, really. That when when you've, you've been going and you know, nobody's been coming, and there's can't recruit people, and they've been ignoring you, and and all the challenges, and you're getting pelted with whatever it is. Um, that moment of exasperation. G.K. Chesterton's got a quote, you know, when when all hope is lost, that's the moment of breakthrough. And that's the same with this ministry. After the crucifixion comes the resurrection. You know, um, there's so many challenges, but. We can overcome those challenges and we can see great things happen and you just think this country there's so much good that can happen through the pro-life message and how can we how can we take that pro-life message to others how can we be how can we do god's will in everything we think do and say and that's the moment when we see great challenges so you've got 10 million people on your doorstep here you know the world is your oyster we've got the whole country to evangelize and just graceful conversations at the vigil every single day you wouldn't believe how they accumulate. You know, you think of Justina with 500 lives saved. She'd probably saved more lives than any other person in the country. We've got a great story to tell and we've had great results. So, so onwards and upwards and keep going and uh, keep hope and uh, hopefully no more uh, eggs and flour <laughs> anytime so, soon. So I have a question, Robert. Just, Absolutely, uh, just yeah. for the people in Ireland yeah. that wants to set up the abortion 40 days for life in the Republic, what service could you do for them or... Oh, absolutely. Well, I've been over to Ireland uh, two times. I've been to Dublin when they had a vigil there. And we've had campaigns in Cork and yeah. they do have vigils in Dublin. Uh, the reality has changed in, in, in Ireland because they've had the referendum, they've legalised abortion and the pro-life movement, you know, has been strong there for a long time. But that's all, you know, yeah. has changed. And we now have established abortion, a very, very, you know, secular country. And, you know, the pro-life movement has been you know, caught off, off guard there. You know, they've had a pro-life country, pro-life laws for a long time, but now that landscape has completely changed. And mm. what Force Days for Life is great for is grassroots activism, inspiring people, empowering people. And this is, you know, this is prayer and it's fasting and it's getting out on the streets. And we, we're all going out of our comfort zone here. You know, nobody likes to be attacked or insulted or abused in, in, in public. Um, you know, we are going outside of our comfort zone. Um, but this is the kind of strategy and method. It, this is reaching people one person at a time. And I know peer pressure is quite strong in Ireland and family ties and people don't want to take a stand on a controversial issue. Um, but that's when we come alive. It's when we come alive is we, we take a stand. When our actions correspond with our beliefs, then that's when miracles happen. And this is when God can use us for great things. We, we should have a great national campaign in Ireland. I really hope that we can do. You know, we've got the same language. Um, there's a similar similar um, culture there and we want to see a really strong national campaign and that's not without leaders it's not without hard work and sacrifice it's not without um, all the hard work that comes with this but it's hard but it's worth it and just go for it I just want to encourage anyone to be a leader in Ireland you know there's the whole country to change it's one person at a time and that's how we do it yeah thanks, thanks so have you got any other questions at all or yeah we're from North Wales. Fantastic. And, yeah. Um, how do you find out where they um, perform abortions in, in, in an area? Uh, it's quite. Uh, the government have uh, statistics, so you can go onto one of the government websites and they show you. I, I've got a link. I can send you an email of 
uh, all the registered abortion centres and just recently they tell you how many abortions are, are happening at each place. So, um, so it, you'd be, it's quite easy to find where the, the most local abortion centre is, it's just a little bit of research and you can find out online quite quickly. So, But yeah, you know, I mean this is a local effort and it's when people come together in the community, that's, that's when things really begin to happen and it's like, you know, if there's, even if there isn't an abortion centre in your town or city then you can still witness there and you can still have a public prayer vigil and that still still works and so we've got one in Clinically as well in Wales. Yeah. Um, any other questions at all? <laughs> um, have you got any specific stories from this this year? This year absolutely uh, we've had a save in Birmingham in the UK uh, we've had a lot of uh, attacks and challenges in the UK from Brighton, from Bournemouth, um, from Edinburgh has had a lot of challenges. Uh, I've been up to Edinburgh, they've got 30, 40 volunteers, they've got a very strong pro-abortion campaign in, in Edinburgh too. Um, but they, Mari is a post-abortive leader for Edinburgh, she's done a fantastic job there. They're outside the Chalmers Clinic there and they've, they've had a really, really powerful witness there and I'm really inspired. Uh, Adams on the south coast, we did a procession around the hospital uh, in Southampton, which is, uh, they've got a BPAS centre in the hospital, so he's going to move his vigil to where the BPAS centre is in the hospital, on the other side of the hospital. Um, so but Birmingham, they've really had a, a challenges with the um, pro boards there as well, but um, I'm just really inspired they had a save in, in Birmingham this campaign. Um, Portugal's had the most successful vigil, they had 11 saves last time in Lisbon and Portugal, so um, very, very encouraged with, we've also had a vigil in South Korea for the very first time, so I had a farmer who came to the vigil, um, he rented a place to stay locally and he came for pretty much the whole vigil, and I think it was post to dad, uh, but they were just really galvanised and inspired him. So. Uh, we also had 24 hour vigil in Vienna in Austria as well. We've got 12 vigils in Spain now. Uh, so Tomislava German leaders now in Spain visiting the, the Spanish campaigns. Um, the Croatians are on fire. Um, Slovakia, they've got a vigil in Bratislava as well. So uh, yeah, I think on, onwards and upwards, you know, and it's like for us, we're 15 years old as an organization, just keep, keep growing, keep building. And this country, we've got a really strong network of vigils. And I think just, just keep going and it's like, um, despite all the challenges, if you can endure all the challenges that we have in this country, and uh, we've had the media, we've had, you know, uh, the national government trying to ban us, we've had the local governments trying to ban us, we've had the pro-abortion, pro-abortion supporters and all the vitriol that comes with that, and the pro-abortion organisations as well as the public. Um, we've been attacked from all <coughs> angles, but all that spiritual attack it makes you stronger. If you can endure all that, then you'll be very spiritually strong. And 90% of people who participate say they experience spiritual growth. So, you know, if we can grow spiritually as a result, then, you know, we come across uh, uh, come across a lot stronger, even if we look like a cake, you know, <laughs> with the eggs and the flour. You know, you go, it, it helps you to take yourself less seriously, you know. It's like puff up with pride and then, you know, get covered. And covering the flour kind of takes that ego away and takes the pride away. But that, that's God making us stronger. And if we can endure all things, then God really can work miracles in in and through us. So yeah, but the, the places that have closed, it's like, wow, you know, it's like, but if we do get persecuted, it's like, well, actually, you never know. You can be climbing Mount Everest, you can get to like within 10 yards of the top. And um, within 10 yards of the top, but you can imagine stopping 10 yards from the top of Mount Everest, you know, you're getting persecuted doing this work, oh, give up now and go home. 
you're 10 yards from the top, you know, not 10 yards from the place where the closed. <laughs> so you never know at what point things are going to change. But the last stroke, um, so elephants are the circus, you know, they're trained from birth to, to um, you know, think that they're weak. So the trainer in the circus will train an elephant to think that it's really weak because the elephant is really strong. And if an elephant really wanted to, it could just trample out the circus, you know, go through the circus tent and just run out for freedom. But because the elephant trainer has trained that elephant from birth to think that it's really, really weak, then it does all these silly, you know, silly um, things in the circus for the circus trainer to entertain the public at large. Um, but here's the thing, if the elephant really believed in its own power and gave all the strength and used all its strength, then it really would, you know, be able to be free and, and, and liberated at large. And, you know, God's given us all these great tools um, to, to use. He's given us, you know, our intellect, our will. Um, he's given us, you know, prayer, uh, all these tools to use for, for the greater good. And for the pro-life movement, if we really realised what we were really capable of, what we could really do in this country, over 200,000 abortions a year, that's, you know, nearly a fifth of a million people to reach out to, with an alternative message. We really got our stuff together. You know, we ignored the circus trainer telling, you know, media telling us we're weak and we're silly or the um, activists telling us we're, you know, haters or what have you. If we really believed in our own strength, then, you know, we could be liberated from the restrictions of our own, you know, limitations and mentality that we can do miracles and do incredible things. And if we believe that we can, that's when we will. But first of all, we've got to get off the shackles of, you know, being told that, things aren't going to change or bad news is sort of inevitable and believe in our own greatness and you know build up a pro-life movement to be what, what God intended and what it can be so the sky's the limit so get out there and evangelize and <laughs> go and evangelize the whole country with the gospel of life so, so what, yeah um, what would be like the 40 days for life mm -hmm. what would be like the general format yeah. that all the 40 days for life groups throughout the country would like what would the actual format be Absolutely. So there's three parts of Voice Days for Life, and it's a simple campaign. Uh, it's effective because it works. And the three parts of Voice Days for Life, the first of which is prayer and fasting. So encouraging Christians to pray and fast for an end to abortion. We help Christians end abortion where they live. So prayer and fasting is really, really important because there's the spiritual dimension of, of abortion. So that's the first part of the campaign. The second part of the campaign is a peaceful vigil, having a prayer vigil for 12 hours a day outside an abortion facility or in the public uh, in, in a public uh, place if there's no abortion facility in your local community. So the prayer vigil is a central component of a 40 Days for Life campaign. We want everyone to go and pray, you know, and this is our, our experience is that going to pray around the clock, that's when things begin to happen. If we just go there on a Saturday, we're not going to see things. But if we're praying there the whole time, that's when hearts and minds begin to change and our presence there really takes a powerful effect. Um, the third part is community outreach, taking a positive and upbeat pro-life message to the whole community through, and we can have unplanned, we can go door to door, we can have stores in the streets, um, any way to evangelise with a pro-life message, go to schools, universities, community outreach embraces all, you know, all different ways to, whatever works for community. Some people don't like knocking on doors, other people having a stall in public is a great way to evangelise. Um, for others, showing unplanned in the cinema or you know in a, in a local place is a great tool to great tool to wake people up. But you know, be creative and different people react to different things. Any way to help build a pro-life message in the minds of others is really powerful. So there's three parts: prayer and fasting, because prayer is the most important thing, and the big thing is God works. You know, God is at the centre of this campaign, and we're, we're 
we through our prayers we're you know turning our hearts and minds to pray to end abortion and when we do that miracles happen um peaceful vigil and community outreach so they're the three parts and we've got 600 vigils around the world so you know we just keep building so keep growing and yep. would you um like would you approach any of the, the young women Yes, absolutely. For, just... for developed campaigns, um, having a, a pavement counsellor who's had training, and uh, Monsignor Riley has very good training, there's also Sidewalk Outfits for Life. So, if there is that opportunity, if you know, if it's a standalone abortion centre, offering help, offering leaflets and alternatives, uh, the developed campaigns are able to do that. Not everyone feels comfortable to do that, but it's worth having training. Uh, worth knowing as much as you can before you start um, doing pavement counselling in, in that manner but that's when you're more likely to see saves when you're offering alternatives to abortion-minded women but you know that's the that's an incredible moment when somebody chooses life on the pavement it's, it's an incredible powerful moment and we're there to we're there with love and without pavement counselling it's 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 hard to see um you know turnarounds in the same way so much much more tricky so for developed campaigns really encourage doing as much pavement counselling as you can yeah Charity have a ministry reaching out to schools that give talks in schools around the country and it really depends on your ability to access schools as well so you know if you're if you're a teacher already in the school or if you are an established speaker or able to you know it's not easy getting a pro-life message into schools that can be a challenge and you know it's not easy if you don't have a sort of open open door or opportunity to do that so it really depends on the local community life charities so they give talks in schools they're a pro-life organization they give yeah. talks in schools around the country so they have been doing that for decades now yeah because when i went to yeah. um, um what's it called for life um once a year they have it in birmingham march for life march for life yeah i went there once and heard this um american speaking and she was saying when she, she ended up being a pro-life but when she was a child she heard the odd people into her school and she remembers I think she was going to go from the abortion, but she remembered what she'd been told. So that's why I think it's powerful mm. to go to the youth. And when I've worked in nurses in school, mm. um, the way you, in the in a you know the staff room, you hear like um, most of the nurses, women saying some abortions like they've just been to the dentist, and it you know and it, so for them it, they've been from the media or whatever. Mm. It's very natural to them to go and have an abortion, mm. and that's what I think needs changing from the bottom from the root. While the children are young, you know, instilling the mind that you know it's wrong. Absolutely, we need to reach young people. Mm -hmm. University students are, you know, the most sort of abortion vulnerable sort of category mm -hmm. of young people. We need to reach young people. We need to inspire the elderly. Uh, we need to reach absolutely everybody. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you are a teacher, I think you know, pray and understand how you can take a pro-life message to the school that you're in first, and then you know, there are established pro-life groups that are reaching out to schools per se, and you know, anything that we can reach young, the younger, the the, the better, mm -hmm. and yeah, you know, it's like we need to reach young people, inspire them, empower them, challenge them. Yeah. This might be, the, you know, you, you might be the only chance that somebody reaches a pro-life, uh, has a pro-life message in the entire upbringing. I remember one of the volunteers giving a magazine to these, you know, four teenage girls at um, 
Liverpool Street Station. And, you know, maybe that was the one opportunity yeah. they had to hear a product message, and for sure they were reading it on the train to the cover to cover uh, after she gave her the, the magazines. So, yeah, never underestimate the power of witness and mm -hmm. you know the power that, that you know your message, how you can reach other people and. You know, we can't reach everybody, but mm. there are some people that only you can reach. And, you know, there's maybe think of the one person in the community here who might be abortion-minded and yeah. that one person that you can reach. So you can get to the schools with a great product message, absolutely. I yeah. think it's very hard to get in the It is hard getting to schools, absolutely. Yeah. To do it. They said it's yeah. virtually, you know, impossible to mm. get into schools. It, it can be very hard, yeah. Well, well, it, yeah. Yeah, that's right. You've got to be devious, checking all that. Oh yeah, that's, that's a lot of yeah, that, yeah. problem, yeah. but it's more yeah. getting that access, like you yeah. say. That's right. Well, Jason never does so chastity messages to schools in America, you know, and it's like, yeah, yeah you need, you know, young people need to be inspired. They need to be challenged, provoked, and yeah, you know, probably a lot more receptive to. Than you know, people with decades of uh, decades of ideology kind of yeah. listen to, they're much more receptive and open. So, you know, we need to we need to reach them. Definitely. And got that seed in them. Yeah. yeah, spreading the seeds, and some of them are germinating. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Cool. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for listening, and uh, thank you, um, thank you, Stephen Dini for, for leading a great campaign here. I just want to say, go for it. Keep going. What you're doing is is so important. It's so powerful. And, and just keep going. So thank you for organising this campaign. You've done wonderful work. Appreciate appreciate your work so much. May God bless you and uh, enjoy enjoy the food. And we've got adoration tonight as well. I think in the parish here too. So, oh so there's a lot of adoration. <laughs> Great. Thank you very much. Indeed.